This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We're momming today with Kelly Hughes, a model, a single mom of one beautiful four-year-old boy, and the first ever Sports Illustrated model to show her C-section scar on the on the cover. That was huge. Um, I, I know you had a traumatic birth story, Kelly, and thank you for sharing that story and for sharing your scar. I mean, because this is something so many women often hide or even feel ashamed of. Yes, it's definitely very, very true. Um, And thank you so much for having me today. And I'm so thankful to share because actually before I shot Sports Illustrated, I really wasn't aware of how many other women felt the same way I did. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about our stories. How did you feel? I, you know, I went through so much. I think that because I didn't have a traditional C-section, I didn't have a traditional labor in general. I had a very traumatic C-section, which not all of them go like this. So it's like I'm very cautious sometimes how I share the story because I don't want to scare anyone because birthing can be very different. On You know, there's different ends of the spectrum when it comes to birthing. Some people go in and have a baby in five hours and it goes great. And that's what we all dream of. But other people have complications and it goes a little different. So when I went in, I planned on a hypnobirth and that's all I studied. So I didn't really, I wasn't really educated on a C-section because I didn't open my mind to anything else. But What's a natural. hypnobirth though? I don't, I've never heard of that. So hypnobirthing is no medicine at all. And all women. <laughs> I, actually, I tried that too. I didn't call it that, but and I, I, I begged for the epidural. A few minutes. Yeah. (laughs) So the idea is that I guess our natural bodies go into a fight or flight mode when we go into labor, because obviously we're feeling pain. And the theory is that has been proven is that when we stay calm, our bodies actually don't feel so much pain. Hmm. So, you know, you see these beautiful videos of women in the garden giving birth and it's so magical. And the idea there is just that when you're actually calm, it when it's soothing and calming in your mind, your body actually knows how to calm down and then it doesn't feel the pain. And I think that's what's so incredible about water birthing is that actually the majority of the first 20 hours before I went to the hospital, I was in the water. And when I was in the water, I had no pain essentially. And when I was out of the water, it was like the pain just came on like crazy. Hmm. So it definitely was a difference. And I definitely feel like listening to the music, like I guess hypnobirthing, you know, there's music and you listen to the soothing music. You normally have a doula or somebody to assist you to stay calm. Um, But definitely there was a major difference in between contractions and feeling like when I was calm, I had no pain. And when I would freak out, I had a lot of pain. Um, So I went to the hospital around 30 hours and my doctor had warned me that um, my son was very high, which of course leads to a longer labor and is not ideal. So when I went to the hospital, they kind of warned me on that. I'd already been uh, at like 28 hours or 25 hours and they were a little concerned 
But in the end, um, he just wasn't dropping fast enough. I was completely effaced and ready to give birth, but I was only seven centimeters dilated. Um, so he was just too high. And um, they finally recommended a C-section, which was you know, exactly what I didn't want, just because I wanted to recover as fast as possible and get back to work. And I think I had this pressure on myself. Work, was that work mo- modeling, Kelly, or your yeah. jewelry line? To get back to modeling. Okay. I mean, jewelry... You would you know, either way, recovery is recovery. Wait, hold on um, though. You're you're you just wanna get the baby out and, and move and have a quick recovery <laughs> so you can get back in shape to model again. Basically wanted Goals. to get right back. Goals. <laughs> I just, I just was, I was concerned. You know, I think that there's a lot of pressure in society for mm. women to bounce back. Absolutely. Back to work. And I think that I felt that pressure. I felt the pressure from my industry, but I don't just think it's modeling. I don't just think it's coming from a modeling industry. It's coming from uh, as a whole throughout the world. Um, I think women just feel this pressure. I mean, most women only get very short time maternity leave. So essentially, if you're dealing with medical issues, because in my case, it wasn't wasn't just that I wanted to be a size two. You know what I mean? I wasn't just trying to be a skinny girl to go back to work. I physically was not okay because I went through a traumatic labor and actually had, you know, surgery after I had the C-section to fix it, et cetera, et cetera. So the recovery time was a lot longer. And if my boss said you only have, you know, a month or two for maternity leave, it would have been really hard even to go back to an office setting. So, so how, long, how uh, long did you take? You know, it's funny because I tell people this all the time. I say that the mental healing is different than the physical healing. It takes, you know, a different amount of time. I think physically three or four months, easy. I definitely wasn't going to the gym before six or seven, maybe eight months. Um, it took me a long time, but definitely mentally it took a few years. You know, it took some time. And I think that that was based on what happened and then also recovery and then also finding my way as a new mom. So I think that, you know, even with there's been women that have been friends of mine that they've had a perfect, quote unquote, perfect birth, Um, you know, no trauma, you know, everything was great. But then mentally they struggled for a long time. So I think that that's the part that we forget when we're giving birth, that it's not just physical. The mental side plays a huge role in all of the changes that our body goes through and where our mind's at and our hormones. So I think that all of these things have to, you know, be taken into consideration with recovery time. And then you look in the mirror and you say, oh, no, it doesn't look like it used to look. When it when <laughs> is it going to look, if ever, like it used to look? And that's a, a whole different uh, mindset. Um, Kelly, I want you to respond to that. Uh, and we'll, we'll do yeah. that right after this short break. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. We're back on We're Momming today with Kelly Hughes, and uh, it must be harder for a model because all eyes are on you. You always look great. You have to look great again, and oops, you just had a baby. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, some people do bounce back, and it doesn't matter what your profession is. Some people bounce back right away, and others don't, and I think that that's the problem is these stigmas in societies just expect women to kind of do it all now, and... um, 
you know, back in the 40s or the 50s where we weren't really even allowed to share that we weren't feeling good or there was no such thing as a, a word called postpartum depression. And I think that, you know, it's great that we're bringing these things to light. But now being that one in three women in the country are having C-sections, we are definitely not talking about it enough because recovery is very different. It's a very, very intense delivery because they're essentially opening up your abdominal stomach area, which is, you know, everything, your organs, et cetera. So the recovery time is longer. And um, I think that some people prefer a C-section over a natural birth or they elect for it, but there's, you know, everybody's entitled to their choices on what kind of labor they want. And I just think that Based on that, we need to be talking about it because there are different kind of recovery times or things that we go through. So, Kelly, you did more than just talk about it. You you (laughs) showed it for the world to see. And what was the reaction that you got? did. The reaction was beyond overwhelming. I was, um, you know, I, I had no idea essentially how the reaction would be. And the fact that it was so positive was amazing. But the fact that so many people reached out and shared that while wow, that they felt empowered and they felt seen and heard and they felt encouraged by it, just because it hasn't been shared before. And like I said, it wasn't talked about. And opening this conversation, I think, was so important for people around the world. And it was really ironic because I didn't just have women reaching out to me that had C-sections. I had women that reached out to me with all types of scars. But I also had men reaching out saying that my wife had a C-section. And it's really nice to actually see this talked about so that I can understand how to be there for her or Hmm. how I can understand that this is normal, that, you know, it was difficult. And I just got so many different responses from everyone throughout the world, which made me realize how important this was, because when I had my C-section, there really wasn't anyone talking about it and there was no outlets to kind of share. And I didn't know if that was normal or not, or maybe it was just happening to me or maybe I was crazy. You know, you start thinking, is this just in my head? You know, am I... Should I just pull it together, you know, and just be okay? But every time I would look in the mirror, I also struggled, which you mentioned earlier, about loving myself again and accepting myself throughout the process and realizing that I had the greatest blessing on the planet because I had my son and all of that other stuff really didn't matter because at the end of the day, at this point, we're healthy and we're doing great and everything is wonderful. But yet I still was struggling with how do I get to that place again? How do I get to that place where I just, no matter what size I am, no matter who I am or where I'm at, I love myself. Cause I think that's the most important thing. And I shared that it wasn't truly until I embraced my scar that I experienced the power and the process of all of this because of who I become. And I think that that's the most important thing is to embrace ourselves in all stages of our lives, whether that's because we had a child or because whatever it is we're going through, because we go through so many things. I mean, we don't stay you know, 18, 20 years old, our whole life, you know, we go through things. And that's what makes us us. And I think that's the beautiful part. Scars tell stories, right? Mm -hmm. Scars tell, I mean, whether it's a a, a scar from childbirth or a scar from war, or uh, I I have a, I have several scars from a traumatic incident when I was younger. Um, And I I tried to cover them up. I still do as, as much as possible because they make other people feel uncomfortable. And I don't want to deal with questions sometimes. And then after decades and decades, you just reach the point. You're like, the heck with it. Look at it. Ask as many questions you want or don't. I don't care. In fact, I actually, uh, because I just became so numb to having scars, 
I, I actually forgot where they were. Someone had questioned me. I'm like, oh, you mean the one right over here? And they were like, no, on that side. I'm like, no, no, no. I've had it my whole life. It's on this side. <laughs> I yeah, actually forgot. That's, that's amazing because the reality is, is that when we start hiding our scars, that starts to create shame. And then that starts to create all these insecurities. And then that starts to create the mental side of not loving ourselves. You know, it just, it just is a ripple effect. And it's so wonderful when we can actually show them and be confident about them because they are telling your story and you're amazing with who you are and what you've been through. So that's kind of really cool that you kind of forgot where they are because Isn't it? you're not focused on them anymore. I think that's really beautiful. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I know. I just dismiss that, move on, you know. What was Sports that's- Illustrated's reaction or whose idea was it to show your, your scar and then what was their reaction? So I was told that Frida Mom, which is an incredible company that has all these great products. They have Frida Baby, which are the baby products. And then they launched the Frida Mom products, which are for the mother's recovery. They launched a C-section recovery kit. And they went to Sports Illustrated and talked to them with this idea to show a C-section scar. And of course, because they had just launched a C-section kit. And so the editor, MJ Day, and the rest of the crew and us went to uh, Key West to shoot these pictures. And I actually at that point didn't realize that I was the first one in history to show a C-section oh, wow. I kind of had never shown my scar before. And that was one of my things because I knew they were looking for someone that had a C-section scar. So of course, when they reached out, I sent a picture of my scar, but that was actually the first picture I really took of my scar. I never showed it. And if it yeah. even slipped out, I would feel uncomfortable about it. And definitely, typically, in photo shoots, if it ever showed, they would retouch it. So I think that's what's so great about Sports Illustrated, bringing this to you know the masses, because I think that the message was so loud. And I think that being that Sports Illustrated empowers women and what they believe in and, and the amazing things that they do to empower women of all types of women is really incredible. And this issue had, you know, a a woman, Hunter McGrady, that was postpartum. And then we had Katrina Scott that was pregnant. And then you had me with a C-section. And you had Kelly Crump with a mastitis scar scar, because she had her, you know, she had her boobs removed. I don't know exactly what the word is. But I thought that it was vasectomy, right. I thought it was so empowering that you saw women in all different stages of life and everything that could potentially happen to us and what we go through. And I think that that's really empowering Very. to show it in such a way. Very much. And and as we wrap this up, Kelly, can you tell me about your jewelry line? Because you can add another hat to your many uh, talents. <laughs> yes, I have a jewelry line named Hughes. It's H-U-E-S, which is kind of a spin off my last name, H-U-G-H-E-S, because Hughes by definition is, the, you know, the the like kind of like the in-between, all of the colors, like the hue of a color would be all of the in-between of the blue hues, right? So basically I wanted to offer everything and anything and I didn't want it to be set on male or female. So it's genderless and it's for everyone and everything is pretty much made by hand. A lot of mixed metals, gold, silvers, gun metals, and um, it's for everyone. And now the, the line has expanded to be bracelets and necklaces and some earrings and a few other little pieces. But we started out with just bracelets and now it's definitely expanding. And Kelly, I have to say, of course, I, I look at everyone's social media. I should actually do my own much better <laughs> because that's where people go when they're about to talk to someone. And yeah. I love how you come across on social media. Because, Aww, no, so you, you managed to be, you know, the model that you'd expect, but there's a lot of substance and a lot of personality there. And that that's something that's difficult to do. So it, 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 
really is a lot of pressure. And I really appreciate that. It means so much to me because, you know, you want to show this fantasy, I guess, of being a model, but I'm a human being. And I think that the reality of this is showing that everyone has their struggles, right? It doesn't matter what you look like or what you do for your profession or how old you are, how young you are, how tall you are, how short you are. All that stuff is irrelevant. Everyone goes through things. And I think that becoming as real as possible, but yet kind of still showing what I do and who I am, it, it's, you know, it's hard sometimes because you want to portray things and social media only shows so much, right? Yep. So I really appreciate that. And that's definitely my goal all the time to always keep it as real as possible, because I definitely want to be, you know, as transparent as possible to encourage as many people as possible, because I definitely have gone through quite a few things. And I think that it's great to learn from each other and be encouraged by each other. Thank you for sharing your story. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.